thank you for coming here today. It's me, Linda Sage, on Learning From Life. One thing I can promise you, there'll be people to meet over the airways here you'll never forget. Some, as long as you live. Let's just say, most have had what could be termed as an interesting life. It's not what happens, it's how you deal with it. And one line from any of them could change the way you deal with things forever. They'll be landing from all parts of the planet, all ages, backgrounds and experiences. Telling the truth of how it was and how they manage things may just help you miss a rock or two along your road too. Hi and welcome back. I'm Linda Sage and uh, my illustrious list of uh, guests is uh, still growing because today joining me I have the absolutely amazing entrepreneur and uh, business success story, uh, Simone Vincenzi. So Simone, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Linda, for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. So big build-ups there. Entrepreneurs, that's a scary <laughs> route. <laughs> lots, lots of people, and I know the statistics are quite horrendous, really. Uh, 97%, I think, fail in the first year. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, we are on year eight, so <laughs> I, I defy the odds. <laughs> For a lot of people, it seems a dream working from home, but uh, mm-hmm. it often, I believe, turns into a nightmare quite quickly. Well, I guess that right now, as we are recording this episode, I mean, we are at the end of lockdown, but people were experienced the joys <laughs> of working from home. Uh, in particular, you know, if you have family or you are in a small flat, <laughs> all the arrangements that you need to create. I love working from home and having my own business because of the level of flexibility. But actually, I've never been a big fan of really working from home. I love working from everywhere. But even uh, before lockdown, even if I don't have a fixed office, I always used to go into hotel lobbies or co-working spaces because I like the buzz that there was around uh, instead of just saying, like in in my living room or my studio or (laughs) or whatever I'm working. Okay, that's interesting. So where where did your story start? Because obviously that's not quite a British accent. It's not quite well <laughs> well spotted. Is <laughs> is a, a very strong Italian accent. I was born in Italy in a small town called Maranello. Uh, it's very famous. Uh, it's famous because there is the factory of Ferrari. So Enzo Ferrari was oh. born there. The Ferrari factory, the main one, is there. And uh, literally, it's a very small town, and there are a lot of Ferraris around. It's nothing. When you live there and you visit it once, there is nothing more exciting. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. But I've always been uh, uh, like a city boy in uh, living in a small town. I've always been interested in different cultures, in different uh, people. I've always been different, uh, interested in experiencing life. And I found very soon that this Maranello was, was very tight for me. So as soon as I could, when I was 18, I moved, I moved out and uh, st- studied uh, at university, which I tried for a while. It didn't work out that well. But <laughs> I moved to a bigger city called Parma, which is close by. And to give you a bit of perspective, now, in the UK, if you leave home at 18, it's all right. It's almost like, why didn't you leave at 16? 
In Italy, the majority of people live with their parents up until they are 30, 35, or up until they get married. Yeah. Very different culture. And so I was one of the outsider, one of the few that made it out from the nest. <laughs> so has that been sort of your trait from the beginning then? So you start your life feeling as if you want to do something more and then you're, you're growing that from there. So where did business come from? Uh, I started my, my first career was in the catering industry. Uh-huh. I've always loved the working or practical application more than studying. That, that's been always my preference, uh, poor mom and my teachers. And when I, f- I found my first job at the age of 14 as a waiter, you know, as any good Italian person would do, <laughs> I, I really fell in love with it. Absolutely fell in love with it. To the point that I wanted to quit school and uh, um, just work in restaurants at 15. Of course, my mom didn't allow me to do that. But uh, when I was 19, I managed my first Michelin star restaurant. And at that point, I said, you know, I would love to have my own restaurant. Then I got recruited when I was 20 to work in a Michelin star restaurant in Notting Hill in London. And that's how I arrived in the UK. But my aim was never to stop in London. I wanted to go to Edinburgh. I fell in love with Edinburgh. I absolutely love Edinburgh. And uh, when I got the offer to work in London, then I said, well, you know what? At least I'm getting closer. <laughs> so <laughs> let, me, let, let me get there. And I'm, I have already a job. I can learn English because I couldn't speak much English at the time. And, uh, and I'm here. I'm still here in London. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> but do you visit Edinburgh? <laughs> I visited a few times, absolutely, and uh, is a, as soon as a, a lockdown, like things have been, uh, it's easier to go around. I'll, I'll go there again. I absolutely love Edinburgh. So it must have been actually quite traumatic for coming to a, a, a country that you don't really speak the language and uh, running a restaurant. I mean, there's huge challenges there for somebody who's native, let alone somebody who's also dealing with another language. Oh, you know what? I, I don't. I don't. I never thought it was traumatic. For me, it was what I loved the most. For me, it was an adventure. Uh, it was my choice, and is what I was looking for. And in particular, I actually made a vow when I arrived in in London to avoid Italian people, because <laughs> you know it's very it's very difficult to learn a language if you stay with people that are speaking your your native language. And when I was working in restaurants, they were full of Italians, and there were people that I was, they were here for like eight, nine years, and they could barely speak a few words of English. Yeah. And I said, no, I don't want to end up like them. <laughs> and so I decided to uh, go around, party a lot, as a, a good 20-year-old party boy would do. <laughs> <laughs> and through the parties... Uh, <laughs> And the ladies, I've, I've learned English. So. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was my way of learning. A great incentive there to learn. It absolutely was. Absolutely was. I had a strong motivation. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did your first own business uh, come, come to the start then? When I was uh, working in that restaurant uh, in, in Notting Hill, the owner became a really good friend. It was the person who also 
who gave me the, the position to work here. And he was incredibly, he's an incredibly smart man, incredibly smart. And uh, he was the one saying, you know what, Simone, I think you're, you're wasted here. I think you've, you've done your part. And I was working in that, I've been working in that restaurant for two years at the time. Mm-hmm. So he invited me to start reading books. Uh, we, or, we always had conversation after shifts up until like three, four o'clock in the morning around politics, around society. And uh, to give you a bit of an, an idea, I, at, at university I studied philosophy when I tried university because I've always been interested in how people think, how society works. Um, I've always been interested in that. So I started attending some seminars and were personal development seminars, reading blogs and reading books. And that was one of the seminars that I was there and I saw one of the speakers and I said, that's, that's, I don't know what that is, but that's what I want to do. So I started asking questions, hey, what is this work that you do and how do I get started? And they advised me to start getting a coaching qualification, uh, which I took. I took a 22 uh, qualification in life coaching and youth coaching. Mm -hmm. And then I started working in schools and that was my first um, exa- like my first uh, business, it wasn't proper business, but I was uh, uh, as a sole trader, I was registered as a sole trader. And then I ended up with two different organizations working in about um, 150 schools every year, delivering uh, courses for leadership, delivering courses for you know, exams or memory techniques. And it was a paradox because, you know, I left school and I, and, and I wasn't that good at that. <laughs> so going back as a um, what I would call an edutainer because uh, I was just making sure that the kids had a great time and learned something along the way. Then uh, paved the way to then starting GTEx, which is an event company which we are running at the moment where we run at least 200 events every single year. We have run more than a thousand events so far um, with some of the biggest names in the industry like uh, you know, Les Brown or Gary Vee and uh, Dr. John Martini and so on. So from this young lad in this tiny Italian village to coming onto a world stage, that that you must have to sort of pinch yourself sometimes and see if it's real. Uh, it's, it's a bit weird. I have to disappoint you again with this answer probably. But <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit of an overachiever. So my challenge is actually acknowledging what I, what I, what I create. Uh, for me, this is a given. Uh, is it is weird to explain? Uh, there is no other way. That's what I want to build, and I'm going. If I want something, I, I will get it. I will not stop off until I get it. And so, for me, it's just a matter of when. And then is when I told to other people that they made me realize. Oh, do you know how far you've come? I'm like, well, I, you know, I just did my bit. <laughs> I just do what I know I can do. Is so for me, it's not anything big or. It's, it's, it's my life. It's, uh, it's very weird to explain. I don't know if you if you if you understand or if it makes sense. <laughs> but you, you you must celebrate your achievements as you go. Uh, I need people to remind me of that. I'm I'm still oh. learning. <laughs> oh. I'm still learning that part. Fortunately, I have great people around me that they they make me stop. My wife in particular. <laughs> oh, we have somebody who really tamed well. you. Sorry. Yes. We- Yes. So who who's the lady that tamed this uh, this young man from all these parties? 
Uh, well, um, is a, an incredibly beautiful woman, an incredibly beautiful Caribbean woman. Uh, her name is Lovelda, uh, Lovelda Vincenzi, and uh, we met at a speaking training. <laughs> Fun enough. Oh. <laughs> uh, she's a TV host, presenter, professional MC, and uh, the passion for speaking uh, got us together and to meet. But you know, that wasn't an easy. An easy journey even with her. She she didn't like me at all <laughs> when we met. <laughs> it took. Uh, um, <laughs> she 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 said that my second name is persistence, and uh, she said yes just because she had enough. That's what, <laughs> that's what she says around. <laughs> but again, this is probably your determination. If she'd fallen into your arms, it might not have been the same story. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, no, th- there was uh, something she just didn't know there was it. <laughs> that's, that's my version of the story. <laughs> there was something out there, but she just didn't know. And but we are we are we are great together. Uh, I cannot be happier and prouder to to be with her. She's an an incredibly inge- intelligent woman, beautiful woman, and uh, she's really wise. She's really wise. Now I'm I'm this fiery, get things done character, and she is this very gentle soul. Um, she's really driven, really motivated. She will get a lot done, but she she her life lives in another way. She's way more fluid in the way she works, and uh, we balance each other a lot. It sounds as if you're like two halves fitting together nicely. Uh, we were meant to be. We were meant to be together. I, uh, that's what I, I strongly feel. Is this, like, there is this, such a strong compatibility that I, I feel blessed. I feel blessed. I know not many people have these blessings, and um, this is one of the things that I'm the most grateful for in my life. So have there been some big jumps that you've taken, some big risks, or has it just all been step by step as you go along? Oh, I'm I'm a very stupid person. <laughs> I'm a very I I define myself as incredibly stupid uh, because uh, logically I do things that uh, a lot of time don't make sense. For example, when I started my first business, uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to quit my business. I'm going to quit my job, and because I spent all my money in parties. Uh, then I didn't have much put aside. I was earning quite a good money in the catering industry, actually. About uh, from the age of nineteen, I was on a f- three to four grand a month salary wow. uh, for the work that I was doing. So I was doing pretty well, uh, yeah. and uh, I, I, I was spending it all. <laughs> well. Spending pretty well as well. I, I had a. I don't regret any penny. I had a great time, but the. When I started my business, then I I didn't I only had like one month of living money set aside, which was my last salary. And uh, I this I was fueled by the personal development industry saying, you know, cut all the bridges. If you want it bad enough, you can do it. And I said, well, I want it bad enough. Then I'm gonna do it. To realize uh, that one thing is knowing what you do and the other thing is actually being good at business and having the right connections and contacts mm-hmm. and playing the game of business, which I, I, I didn't know. I didn't have any clue. And my first company to give an idea was closed uh, because uh, I, I didn't know I had to pay taxes. That, <laughs> that's oh, how bad it was. That's a big one. 
<laughs> right? So that's why I say I'm, very, I'm really stupid. And I, uh, when I quit uh, my job, uh, I said, uh, okay, well, I'm just going to make it work with my business. And then uh, six, six months down the line, I found myself living on the street uh, for about uh, five months. And it was during the period, like from October to February. So it was cold. <laughs> it was Very really cold. cold. And I found this place uh, in front of uh, um, King's Cross and Pancreas Station inside, uh, which was a Costa Coffee. And the, mm. the, the people that were working there overnight because of the, of the trains that are consistently running, they took a liking to me. And so they allowed me to stay in. And I would be there during the night working with my little netbook and still try to figure things out and get some contracts. To then realize, and then I was going, I had some friends that were still from the catering world and they would allow me to go in and have a shower and so on. And That's been really tough. It was. That part it was. But again, it, it was a choice because I put myself in that situation. I knew at any time that I could go back and having a great job. I could. Like there was nothing that would have stopped me to say, let me get a contract, even a part-time work. But I was very stubborn. And for me, going back would meant I failed. And I didn't want to admit that to myself. So that's why I put myself through that situation. And then after five months, I had enough. And I said, you know what? Why are you being so stupid right now? Go and uh, get a, get a part-time job. So I got a part-time job, quite flexible, as a door-to-door fundraiser <laughs> for, <laughs> for charities. Because <laughs> I wanted to learn how to sell. <laughs> and that was the best sales training I've ever done in my life. <laughs> And that is a big part, especially for entrepreneurs. A lot of people come in to be an entrepreneur because they have a subject knowledge or an area of specialism. But putting all the other pieces together into being an entrepreneur is, is really, really difficult. It is. It is. Um, as you said, one thing is being good at what you do. And the other is being good at putting the pieces together for business. And I remember one of my first mentors that said, there are two things that you need at the beginning, sales and marketing. All the rest is fluff. <laughs> if you know how to market yourself and you know how to sell yourself, then you're going to be good. And I said, well, okay, let me spend the next four years mastering those. And so I spent about a year working as door-to-door fundraiser. That helped me with the salary I was getting there. Uh, it helped me to have a roof over my head. And then I quit the job and I ended up bartering my rent. Uh, I lived for about in London for about four years without paying rent. Uh, I ended up bartering my rent with a guy that owned a health food store. Mm-hmm. He gave me a place in his house and I was working for him twice a week in that health food store. Oh. And that uh, were really incredible friends and I've learned so much about business from him. Uh, and uh, that was what allowed me the space and the time to be focused on the growth of GDEX. So that's uh, still a long time. You're talking around about six years here that you're you're developing and you're learning and adding to your skills all the while you're building a business. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's pretty much it. I think that the, our turning point, our turning point, because uh, it's not just myself. We, in GTEx there is uh, myself and Ben, my business partner, mm-hmm. and uh, Ben uh, was uh, still working full time while I was the, more the one involved in the business. Uh, until then, the business was able to pay salary, 
because he was having some really good corporate contracts that he didn't want to quit. So uh, I was uh, I was for the first one receiving the salary from the business, which at the beginning was a great five hundred pound a month, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when uh, we were both able to be paid, I think like two or three grand a month, then he came in full time in the business, and at that point, that's where the company really started growing. Uh, it was uh, around year four. Year four, we had our big breakthrough. Where we went in that year from like twenty thousand to one hundred twenty thousand, and finally we had something to play with and the confidence to say, actually we are onto something here. Wow, and that, I'm just going to dive a little bit there because that's a big question as well. When a lot of people start out on business, we you start out alone, so making that decision to then be with somebody else, like a business partner, is it a good thing to do, or is it you know a thing that's better on your own? Ah, it's, a, it, it's like a relationship. It's like personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good thing to do if you are with the right person. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tricky one. <laughs> That's the tricky one. And uh, it's about finding the right person. Fortunately, uh, Ben and I were friends for about two years. And uh, we went through similar courses. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. And through those courses, we ended up uh, like coaching each other and supporting each other and brainstorming consistently. And then when we had, uh, um, I managed to negotiate uh, a room in, an, in, in, in a farm called Hackney City Farm for seven events for free. So I called him, I said, hey, I have this room, what can we do? And so in half a day, we sat down in my bedroom and then we created a company. Now. We, we, at that time, for at least two years though, GTEx was something in the middle. I was having my coaching and contracts in school and the work that I was doing at the shop and he was having the, the corporate contracts and GTEx was this thing in the middle. And then we said, you know what? Now we got to make a decision. Either we go separate ways or we both put our money, resources, time and effort into GTEx. Because otherwise, there is just things in the middle, and there was a conflict of interest. Because, of course, if we are to do something, we were there was more opportunity if we were doing it on our own, yeah. at that with that setup. So we both decided, said, you know what, we are in this together. Let's make it work. Let's make it happen. And uh, uh, after eight years, we are <laughs> and and a lot of fights <laughs> and a lot of arguments, <laughs> but we are we are best friends and uh, we are great business partners. Uh, does Ben compliment you in in business like your 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 wife does in your relationship as well? That was one of the things that you know you, you, you don't know until you know. If I if I knew before about the dynamics of business and personality profiles, probably Ben like we wouldn't be each other's best business partners because we have very similar traits. So we are both very impulsive. We are both big picture oriented, not detail oriented. So <laughs> we're actually very similar. And where we balance each other is that I have very little patience with people. I'm building this side of me at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have a team that is not a trait, that it's an important trait, patience. <laughs> <laughs> and he has that. He's great with people. He's great at listening, great at getting other people's perspective, great at managing people. I'm really good at, uh, like, I want to get there, let's get there. And they will get making sure that the people stay on board. (laughs) Uh, That's the dynamic at the moment. Uh, And uh, that's how we complement each other. But 
if it was an, an ideal world, then we would have, you know, someone who is a bit more detail-oriented, someone who is a, a bit more big picture. But also I think that the most important thing in a business partner is someone that you can trust. Yes. And whether depending on no matter what the personality is, I think that you can hire other people. The one thing that you can't hire is trust. Very and true. that's what we have. So where where are you at the moment in your business? Well, how is it functioning at the moment? At the moment, uh, we have about 15 people that are working with us. And uh, we have three different sides of GTEx, which grew from the event company that we were running. So one is the sides we were still running at the moment, online training or event when we are coming back to turning experts into authorities. So that's the, the focus that we have at the moment, working with entrepreneurs and helping them getting known and establishing their field while having a strong business model. Because visibility is important, <laughs> but visibility alone doesn't pay your bills. <laughs> so it's important to have a solid business model and the right visibility in the right places. So that's the work that we do with, uh, with the, uh, from expert to authority side. Then Ben runs uh, a sales training for recruitment agencies. So we're going to recruitment agencies, that's his side of the business, and he goes in with the other staff members and then train their sales team, in particular focusing on millennials, millennials that are just joining the recruiting forces. And then we started another company last year where we invest, so it's an investment company where we invest in smaller businesses, uh, focus predominantly in the recruitment business, but we also have a product, some product-based businesses in there. But those investments are only if people want to sell their company. So we're only investing in companies that want to grow and sell. And uh, that's, that's GTEx at the moment. And your, your speaking side, I know you do a lot of uh, large events. Do you think this comes from your Italian side, that you're uh, open and, um, and want to be with lots of people? Definitely, very likely. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that there are uh, people from other nationalities that uh, are, uh, are not good speakers or they don't enjoy speaking, but I've always loved being around people. I mean, I, I'm done with the lockdown. I'm done with the Zoom calls. <laughs> I really <laughs> want to get out there and meet people again. I miss uh, the buzz of being in a room of people giving hugs. I, I'm, I'm a very touchy person. <laughs> Italian trait. <laughs> Italian traits, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you, is that actually something you see in in people, in entrepreneurs, that the the culture actually makes a difference in the way they go about business? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, you run your business based on what you believe in, mm-hmm. based on uh, what's important to you based on what you like and based on what you dislike. That becomes the culture that you create in your business. Even if it's just one person, it's still a culture. Yeah. It's still a way of doing and a way of being. And so I think that all our differences that we have needs to be embraced. And there is a lot of comparison. Like it's easy to compare yourself to others. I found that's one of the things that I'm struggling a lot. I always find myself comparing, oh, what if... Uh, this person is doing that, the other person is doing that. There is always someone that is doing more. And on one side, I think it's healthy because uh, it keeps me moving forward. It keeps me on my feet. 
but on the other side can be destructive because it can take me off my core where I become a model something which is not me. So I think that every entrepreneur needs to understand, okay, what's really important for me and what's really core and how can I express that fully in my business because other people will resonate with that way and that's how you attract people that will love the way you work, right? Because they, they love the way you think about it. That's, that's really interesting. So what is next for for you? Where are you going? Uh, you know, if you were to ask me this question three months ago, I would have, <laughs> I would have had an answer. <laughs> at the moment where I'm going, I'm really taking it uh, one week at a time, one day at a time. I mean, uh, of course, we, we have our, our plans on... Uh, keep running, running our better and bigger events, uh, keep reaching uh, audience, more audiences globally and more people globally uh, so then we can support uh, people of, all over the world with our courses. That's definitely uh, really important. Uh, we are streamlining at the moment a lot the way we work with our clients to make sure that they get better results and more support. But we have been taking this time to do that and we'll keep doing this until the end of the year because uh, you know you learn and you get feedback and we we decided to do that and then um, uh, what what we want to become is uh, the number one company for entrepreneurs training in the world that's our aim wow be Big aims. So, unfortunately, time always does get the better of us. We could talk for hours, I'm sure. It's so interesting, <laughs> your story. But just if you could tell the young lad that was in the Italian village just one piece of information or one one piece of advice, what would you say to him? Uh, what would I say? There is nothing wrong in being you you will find that your character is going to be your biggest strength. Wow. Great piece of information. Great nugget there. So thank you, Simone. I really, really appreciate your time because I know you're extremely busy. So uh, much appreciated that you fit us in. How can people get in touch with you? Well, the best way is, uh, oh yeah, there are two ways. If you like listening to podcasts, then we have our podcast, which is uh, Explode Your Expert Biz Show. So it's called Explode Your Expert Biz Show. You can find it in any podcasting platform. Or uh, if you want to have an assessment of where you are in your business, we have a free assessment on our website that tells you where you are and what you need to focus on next based on your business and your model. And you can find it at gtex.org.uk. So it's gtex.org.uk. Fantastic. Thank you, Simone, so, so much. And uh, maybe we can follow it up later on and uh, see how things have gone on your trip to Edinburgh. So if you get your residence in Edinburgh and if you get to, <laughs> to be number one in the world. I, 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 lo I love that. Sounds, sounds like a great plan. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on your show. <laughs> And thank you, everybody, for, for joining us. We've had a wonderful time here with uh, Simone and so much information. So don't forget, you can listen to this over and over again to make sure you get all those golden nuggets. So thank you for joining us. Until next time, stay safe, look after yourself, and I'll be back with you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. 
This podcast was recorded in conjunction with the Chapel FM Art Centre and East Leeds FM radio station. For more information about them and all the good work that they do is www.elfm.co.uk. And to know more about what Linda Sage is doing, her website is www.lindasage.com. Also on all the other social medias.